So what's up, Purpose Finders? This is Archie Lewis, and welcome to episode one of the Discovering Purpose podcast. And for today's episode, we're going to have on Kevin Kurtz, who graciously and, and kindly decided to come on. He's a, he's a co-worker of mine, former collegiate soccer player. Uh, along with that, he also got his master's degree in sport performance psychology as well. And he's going to be hitting on a bunch of different topics today about how he went about discovering his purpose, uh, that whole transition of when he was done playing soccer, and a bunch of other things which you all may find, I mean, really pertinent in your lives. Uh, One thing that I want to just throw out there is if you're going about listening throughout this whole thing, thank you for your listen. Thank you for for giving me some of your time. Uh, But what I will throw out there is if you can, uh, I mean, go on Spotify, leave some feedback, rate five stars, same with Apple Music all that jazz because I want to see how we can learn and, and grow from the things that, that you all want on here. So um, really open to your feedback. But other than that, let's drop this music and get ready for episode one. What is your definition of purpose? Like, how would you define it? Well, thanks for having me on, Archie. Okay. Um, my definition of purpose, I, I guess it's just, I mean, like, pat, like passion is one of the words that first comes to my mind. But I think it's essentially like what you're what you're meant to do. Yeah. Um, what you are. Like how you're going to impact the world, yeah. I guess that's how I, that's how I would define it. Okay. Um, yeah. I like it. 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 Okay. So like, I know that you formerly played like collegiate soccer. So going in from playing like collegiate soccer up to where you are now, I mean, I know you talked about like you haven't fully discovered your purpose yet or like what you fully want to do. But how'd you go about going from doing collegiate soccer to like figuring out you want to do sports psychology for the military? Yeah. Um, so, like from college soccer to sports psychology, I think was just based on a lot of my personal experiences in soccer. So that was even like before before playing in college. But I think I think like the biggest thing was. Like, I got really interested in, like, athletic identity and, like, how that influences your life after you leave sports. So, like, there's a lot of student-athletes out there. Like, everybody's seen the NCAA commercial that's, like, all of us will be going pro in something other than sport. I don't know if they're still playing that. But, but yeah, like, leaving, leaving soccer was, like, difficult for me. And I think leaving your sport is difficult for a lot of people, yeah. especially if you play at a really competitive level. Um, so I was just interested in that whole transition, how former athletes make that transition into the, the non-athlete world, yeah. um, how they find meaning and purpose after that. Uh, but I was, also got really passionate about just – helping people perform to their optimal capacity, whatever that is. Um, I could say when I, when I went to graduate school for sports psychology, I did like, 
working for the military was really low on my radar. I didn't think mm-hmm. that's where I was, where I was going to end up. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and like I, re- I actually, my first job out of college was not really anything sports psychology related. It was much more like clinical psych. But I think I, I learned once I learned more about the military and the population that makes up the military. I think um, I got really interested in that side um, and that's what led me to actually a, a friend of mine who's also doing this job yeah. um, introduced me to what the job was and sort of pulled some strings for me yeah. so um, but yeah I think you know in our job we help soldiers perform to their best capacity or at least that we have, that's what we try to do yeah for sure we um <laughs> And so I think that was that's a lot of overlap because soldiers are high performing athletes too. Most definitely. Um, I don't think there's another other than professional sport. There's probably not another um, like career where you like you do have to be a high performing athlete. That like that's a job requirement. Yeah. You know, in the army. Um, and then also like you, you know we talk about soldiers deploying and stuff like that. That's like life and death stuff you know and so um that i think that like the military is a population that can benefit a lot from what we know of sports psychology because there's they are such high stress yeah you know um and they have you know they have a lot of demands so yeah so like based off of like i mean you've been working in this job for like a year we've both been working in this job for like a year feels longer but it feels like it feels like a bit we're in Dothan Alabama it's a little bit different but um like doing this job for a year all right like I know you said like your main purpose was to help like athletes or help high performers etc like at the end of the day though like do you have an idea of like the the North Star goal like the, the end goal like what you're trying to get to yeah so I think ultimately for me um as crazy as it sounds, I do want to try and go back to school at some point and yeah. get my PhD um, and either work in um, athletics or work in um, higher ed, maybe just teaching and doing research, um, but with a sports psychology, performance psychology focus. Um, so I think, I think that's my, that's like the ultimate career goal. I think is to go back and get my doctorate and then have that high level of training to yeah. do, um, to still have the option to do applied stuff that we do now, but also if I wanted to teach or um, be a part of a university. Uh, so, yeah, like, but that changes, like, honestly, like, with life Daily, experience. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Like, some days I'm like, do I really <laughs> want to go back to being a student? Um, but uh, that's fun, but it's difficult for sure. So, like you, one thing you said like a little bit earlier was the fact of like you kind of figured out your idea of what you wanted to do like earlier on, like in your college years. Uh, I know, like this from me and you talking, like we we shoot shit back and forth. That, like you started off playing collegiate soccer at one point, and you went about transferring. So, like, what was that process like going from? doing like collegiate soccer and then transferring and then figuring out, okay, like I want to do sports psych, like what, how that whole process go about? 
How much time we have? <laughs> we got. <laughs> that was a, it. Was a really difficult transition for sure. Um, so I played. I played two years. I played my freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. And like probably during the like the start of the spring of my sophomore year, um, I was thinking about transferring, and I didn't know if I was going to like transfer and continue to play yeah. or just transfer and like sort of be done with yeah. collegiate soccer. Um, and so ultimately I decided to like transfer and focus more on what I like acquiring things that would make me successful in life. Yeah. Right. Um, and like I could get, I could get into that, you know, really deep. Um, <laughs> You know, because I think there, like I, I've known quite a few people that transfer. I feel like transferring in collegiate, af, in collegiate athletics is actually pretty common. Probably depending on, sure. pretending on, depending on the sport and the I program. Know. I mean, I personally think it's pretty common. I mean, from a football background, you see it a lot where people transfer out to maybe like a JUCO and then go to another D one, or they just right. go from D one to D one, or basketball they do the same thing. So. Yeah. Um, so, like, I had some teammates that transferred to other schools. Um, I knew I had some teammates that just, like, like me, like, transferred and then really didn't play soccer yeah. afterwards. Um, but, yeah, it was a really difficult transition. But ultimately, I think, like, learning from playing sport at such a high level and also, like, I coached a little bit. So, mm-hmm. like, I would do, like, some personal training and coaching. Um, I knew I still wanted to have, like, sport, a component of yeah. what I wanted to do. Um, so, that's what kind of, like, pushed me, you know, pushed me to sports psychology. Pushed me towards, like, just helping people self-actualize, which yeah. is, like, achieve yeah. their potential, Most definitely, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think like I found out that was the under the what's the word the uh, like the reason why like I enjoyed sports so much and enjoyed mm-hmm. coaching so much um, that was like the underlying okay. reason um, was helping was like seeing people helping people grow yeah um, and I think that is how is that that's what led me to sports psychology ultimately now now i was like really back and forth between a lot of things it's not like i quit playing you know i transferred and stopped playing soccer um and then was like okay here's my path yeah right um (laughs) it was like it was like okay soccer is not the like soccer is not this big part of me anymore yeah um now i have this like you know what do i what am i now yeah. So that was like, you know, sampling different things. Um, you know, I, I like I transferred to a school that had much more opportunity. So like I played my first two years, I played at a really small like private school mm-hmm. that like was very limited in its like uh, scope of like what was offered. So majors, research, all that stuff. Yeah. Transferred to a big public school that was an R1 university, which means like it's got a lot of research activity. So a lot of cool stuff going on, like tons of students. Um, and so like, I was like, Oh, like yeah. kind of like overwhelmed a little bit. And then I was just like, 
my junior senior year was kind of, was kind of sampling all of that and then figuring out where I wanted to go after that. Yeah. And ultimately that was um, sports psychology. So like one thing that you hit on that I thought was kind of cool was the fact of having that loss of identity like with your sport like kind of when you're done and I feel like that's something that everybody has like whether you play sports or like let's say you get done with a degree to where you get a degree in like business but then you figure out you want to do something like with like construction or something like that you know what I'm saying to where you're like you, you've been doing something for so many years and you have that loss of identity and next thing you know it's like what the hell do I do now like I just waste not not wasted but you kind of like wasted like four to five years of your life and then you're just sitting there like, holy crap, like I have no experience in this. I finally figured out what I wanted to do. I don't know anything but this because this has been my identity for the last how many years. Like how difficult was it to like delve in and like go through that terrain of figuring out your identity post sport? Because like for me personally, it's tough. I know it was tough for me. Yep. So like I, I, I'm still doing <laughs> it. Like honestly, yeah. Archie, like it's it's not like it's not like I figured it out. Yeah. I mean, still like I like I'll think I'll think back to yeah. you know being an athlete um, and what that you know do I still consider myself an athlete now? Um, do you know how much of that is still a part of me? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was really difficult, and I think you t- you said like waste. You said wasted. Like yeah. some people think it's you wasted that time i mean technically it's and, not a waste well, but like you know what i mean yeah like, I, see, I see what you're saying though and it's funny you said that because when i was playing ultimately what why i decided to leave yeah was because i felt that the like the costs of continuing with my sport where i was yeah. the program i was with outweighed the benefits so I think I'm lucky that like my sophomore year or so I I was thinking I don't don't see myself playing soccer professionally Um, like I don't like I enjoy it a lot but I don't see myself playing professionally and I think some players come to that realization a lot later which is which makes it a lot more difficult but once I came to that realization, it was like, you know, it was almost, once I came to that realization, and I, and then I looked, like, objectively at all the time I was giving to soccer. Yeah. You know, it was, I was just like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, like, I think the benefits of, the, the cost of continuing to play would outweigh the benefits. Now, yeah, I... For sure post that like in hindsight I don't know yeah um, th- like there are definitely some days where I'm like man I just should have stayed yeah. kept playing um, See, that's tough I mean I feel that's tough and that's something that every like anybody would have to kind of figure out like whether they like whether you're an athlete or not you know like it comes a point to where either the you realize the game's not for you or that the game just gets ended and like either that happens or like let's say you're somebody like in the business world everything's going great and next thing you know it's ended and you got to figure it out like you don't expect for that stuff to happen but sometimes it just pops up and then you're just like 
crap. Like, what do I do? Like, I've been doing this for how long? Like, I don't know what... Like, I don't know what's beyond this because this is all I've been. This has been my identity. I don't know anything beyond this. Yeah, I think... And I think that's a huge... A, like, a huge point, a huge problem with a lot of athletes. Especially, I feel like the highest performing athletes a lot of the times are the ones that think like that. Yeah. Um, like, they see themselves as... A football player, a soccer player, an mm-hmm. athlete, um, and while that like having that drive, I think is really good. Yeah, and it can lead like you look at some you know Olympic professional athletes, yeah. and you, you're just like wow, like those people like are so driven. But what you don't see is there's a tons, tons more athletes that have similar drives, but don't make it to that elite status, right? <laughs> Um, and you like you oftentimes won't hear about that and like the percentages are just so small from like any sport really to professional yeah Um, or at least like professional like the elite professional yeah like some people will go like you know soccer you might go to like a lot of people will go to Europe and play and then come back and play in the USL and play and then some at some point make it to the MLS you know um but yeah, I think that is a huge problem, and the problem is, is, is if you, like for student athletes, um, just because I was one and that's what I tend to think of, for student athletes, I think in the United States, because like collegiate athletics is really unique to the yeah. U.S., um, like I, Europe is much different, like yeah. Europe has, you know, they don't really have collegiate athletics yeah. it's more of like a, like they have local clubs and then the players at the clubs go and play you know it's a lot different um, maybe we could talk about that in a future episode when I when we know more about <laughs> it <laughs> Yo, wait so like why are you hitting on this like I, I kind of want to ask a question so like for like how do you think athletes like now during COVID-19 times COVID-19 times how do you think they're going about like figuring out their purpose beyond their sport if their sport has gotten canceled or that like it's it's at a point to where it's going to get canceled regardless and they don't like if, if you're a senior right now and you're a college like basketball player you couldn't play in the tourney like it's cut it's shut down like it's done yeah right and that's all you know like how do you think they how do you think they're going about figuring out like life beyond or like their purpose beyond just dribbling that ball for those last four to five years yeah, this is a really good question, and uh, I was actually talking to somebody about this the other day, when you were talking about, like, c- can you imagine being a student yeah. athlete now? It would be horrible. <laughs> when your season gets canceled, and, like, you don't know if you're going to play again, yeah. um, and I think it can be really good, but mm-hmm. it also can be really bad. Yeah. So I say really good. Because I believe some athletes will take the time, like having that experience of not having that competition yeah. will make them think, okay, wow, this is gonna, this is gonna happen at some point. Like yeah. I gotta stop playing. Yeah. Right. It's gonna end for me at some point, and they might get more time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Right. So that could be something that good comes out of it, but the opposite end of that is somebody's like, like if I'm thinking back to like when I was an athlete and I was like super like. Um, super dedicated to mm. my sport 
and all of a sudden like like did all the off season training right had a great summer and then like oh your season is canceled yeah right? that would be extremely difficult for me like, yeah. I'd be like I'd be like you know because so like my sport was also like very therapeutic for yeah. me and I think that is I think like a lot of student athletes don't realize that until after yeah. they stop playing. Uh, but I've also met people who like were athletes and they're like, oh, I'm never going back to my sport. Mm-hmm. Like I have a good friend from grad school who is a division one tennis player, really good captain. And he's like, yeah, I, you know, I don't really want to play, play tennis anymore. Yeah. Um, t- I was talking to so- somebody I work with, so- not somebody I work with, but somebody I know, actually, you know, this person Yeah. Um, who's a for- former division one collegiate athlete. And they're also like, I don't see myself going and playing my sport. Yeah after that um so i guess yeah to answer your question it's it's very interesting yeah. and i can see it being really good for some athletes and really bad for other athletes Not for sure so like personally like i mean when you got done playing how did you channel up and like muster everything that you've learned from like your sport and like apply that to like your purpose and like what you wanted to get done as far as like your life. Like how'd you take the stuff that you learned from that, from that specific like years of playing soccer and like formulate that into like an energy to where you could fuel yourself to find where you wanted to go. Yeah. So I think, I think the biggest thing, it probably gets sound corny was just like confidence. Yeah. Um, confidence and that belief, like that's also really yeah. word that's thrown around like oh yeah. you got, just gotta believe right it's a lot of components that go into believing and yeah like <laughs> it's easy to say but yeah. it's like a, ho- a whole lot more difficult to do um <laughs> but i like through my i definitely had some struggles yeah. through athletics but through my successes yeah. i was like you know i'm like i'm capable of yeah. developing my abilities mm-hmm. developing what it is I want to do. Yeah. Like if I, if I have a goal, I, I learned how to break that up and achieve yeah. or, you know, work towards achieving mm-hmm. that goal. Um, and I think that is something that I've definitely pulled from sport is, you know, in sport you prep, like you prep, you know, you practice things over and over again. Yeah. Right. And then, in the hopes of, you know, you go up to the game day or competition and you're able to apply those yeah. things. And then, like, good if you can, and then if you can't, you know, you assess, you, you know, you pick what you're going to work on, you work on that, that gets better. Yeah. And then you can, you know, apply that in your next competition. And so just that process of, like, developing your strengths, developing your weaknesses yeah. uh, is a huge, like, think any athlete will say like is a huge something they draw from their sport that can they can apply really to any career you do for sure um and that belief is the same way i think the other thing is depending on your experience uh dealing with failure dealing with like a challenge um that's that's another thing (laughs) that's another thing that is like really uh, cliche yeah. I, f- I feel like now is like saying like you're just learning to overcome failure see but the, 
saying that and doing it yeah, is a yeah. whole different ball game. It's the same thing as that belief yeah. and confidence. Like, and that's something that could be said for like any athlete or any business person or any mogul or any artist, etc. Like learning how to overcome that specific failure. Like, no matter what it is, is huge, and it's more difficult than what people think. Like, people think that failure is just, like, a, a one-time deal, and in all reality, it's not. Like, failure... Like, success doesn't happen unless you have, like, a culmination of failures. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like it, it, it's how it works. That is, yeah. I, th- I think you make a good point. It's <laughs> like, people... I, I almost, like, thought of this when I was younger, too, is, like, oh, you have this failure, failure and then you're like... Okay, well, that means like the yeah. next time yeah. I'm gonna get it right because I failed, right? And then you go the next time and you failed again. You're like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like you will fail oftentimes have to fail multiple times before you can yeah. succeed. Um, and again, that is a lot easier said than done. Yeah. And when you are living that, yeah. like when you are living that, being in that mindset can be very difficult to overcome. Yeah. Um, but if you, you know, if you do have that mindset, then, um, but I think, so like something I, I remember in grad school, we had a discussion about this on this failure thing is like, yeah, you know, you have, you, you have to fail in order to succeed ultimately. Mm -hmm. Right. But I think what some people, the mistake some people make is that you have, they have a failure and they don't like objectively assess that failure. I like how you said so like something that I've learned is that when you fail you always have to fail forwards as opposed like so like the whole concept of like failing forwards is like you fail but you learn from that failure and like you said you reassess and you add that into like the new method of like redoing something and then if you do fail again it's like all right, you failed forward because you added something different like you're not doing the same thing over and over and over again which is like insanity ah crazy but like (laughs) Like that whole aspect. Insa- what is it doing? Uh, insanity is doing, doing the, the same, same thing, thing over and over and over again, expecting the same, expecting a different, different result. result. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just remember we were having that discussion in grad school. It's like you have because like a lot, a lot of times what happens is people will fail. They have like yeah. a catastrophic failure and just be like, you don't want to think about it. Yeah. Like you just like, oh, I'm just gonna like, I'm just gonna work harder. Yeah. Right. I just I didn't work hard enough. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's not that you didn't work hard enough. Maybe you didn't work like smart enough. Yeah, work smarter, not harder. <laughs> like maybe you didn't. You know, maybe there was just like maybe you controlled the controllables. Yeah. And there was just like there was an uncontrollable that yeah. decided the the oh, sure. competition or yeah. whatever. You know. Um, but yeah, I think because failure hurts. Like nobody, nobody like wants to fail you know but you can definitely learn to see it as like okay i gotta look at it objectively what yeah. went right what went wrong and then you take that and you apply it in the next endeavor or whatever you do and i think that's the component that's missed in people that like say like oh yeah you know i i get it like fit like yeah failures you know you gotta you know failures a necessary step to success but what differentiates people from the, the people that just say it and people that actually like live it, I think yeah. is that is like sitting objectively with your failure and thinking through it and being like, okay, 
how do I use this to better myself? Okay. So I'm a I'm a poke the bear here. All right. So like I so wanna. You say poke the bear. Poke the bear. Yeah. Okay. Poke the bear. So, like, on this podcast, like, I want to make sure that, like, we can have people that are able to be, like, vulnerable about, like, certain things, certain topics, et cetera, whatever. So, like, while we're hitting on the concept of failure, all right, like, what failures did you have to overcome in order for you to get to where you were right now in order to, like, achieve your your purpose up to this point? Like, what failures did you have to learn from and or, like, overcome to get here? Yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of them. Let me see if I can... Uh, like, there's some that come come to mind right away. So, uh, the first one, like... I think the first one... I'll stick to, like, the sport realm. Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe, like, a little bit of, like, school as well. Just because yeah. that's what's popping up. But... Um, so, like, in, before college, like, in high school, I was also, like... I had a very high athletic identity. Mm-hmm. Soccer was, like, my my getaway yeah. um, again also like something that like was therapeutic for me yeah. right something like I had like when you're a kid like there's only this is sorry this is getting like really philosophical no, you're good. Like, when you're a kid right you, there's only so much you can control right like your parents basically run the show you know and your teachers at school run the show yeah. and you know you're always like even if like you like even if you recognize, like, why are these adults doing this, you know? Like, um, sorry, what, what was I, where was yeah. I going with this? I was, okay, I was saying, like, soccer was something, like, I think that's why people get really into their sports when they're yeah. younger, is, like, that's the thing you can control, right? Yeah. And sport is, like, objective. Like, For sure. you know, I feel like the, like, you can only say so much. Like, yeah. once it gets on the field, like, it's whoever's got the, the ability and the, the yeah the mental ability and all that stuff um so like when i was in high school again very high athletic identity for soccer and in high in high school like my like so soccer you have club and you have high school right you play Mm -hmm. club during the non-high school season yeah um unless you're like unless you play for like a really good club who doesn't want you to play high school um, because like high school soccer is like a a uh, like a tradition of being not as good. Yeah. Um, because it's for several reasons, but um, but like club and high school, like in my first few years of high school, like my teams got thrashed. Like <laughs> my like uh, my like my club my the, my club team was decent. High school, my team. My freshman sophomore year, we got like absolutely massacred. So, yeah. like, I went to this school that wasn't known for its athletics. It was a small school, but like relatively small. Um, it was kind of like a science magnet school, so we were known for academics. Didn't have a football team, um, and so like our like our athletic programs were like never really good. Like we were that team. Like everybody has that team when you were in high school that like when you played them you knew you were gonna smash the team yeah. and so it was just like like that was that was my school <laughs> like in our district it was like oh uh, yeah you know that's the you know like my my high school coach my freshman and sophomore year like hard like had played only played soccer like in intramurals in college or something like yeah. that um, and he was a teacher at the school right um, so like we got thrashed like. 
freshman year, like maybe won two or three games. Sophomore year, we maybe won like five or six. And then my junior year, we were actually really good. Yeah. Um, but what happened was like through the regular season, we were like clocking teams. Like we were doing yeah. really good. And like we were in the paper and we were like, oh my gosh, like look at all this stuff. Like, and my one of my teammates got like player of the year for the county and all that stuff. Um, and then we went to the district playoffs and we uh, we lost in the first round. You which, got your heads too big, man. Yeah. That's what um, <laughs> like, lost in the first round. And, like, and looking back, it's silly how, yeah. like, sad the members of my team got. But, like, we were depressed that week yeah. after. Like, nobody was talking at school the following day. Like, everybody was just very sullen. And, like, it hurt. Like, I still... Like, I still remember after that game that, like, I sat on the bench yeah. with one of my good friends until everybody left. Like, yeah. literally, the, like, all the fans, everybody left. And we were just, like, we were the last people there. And we were just, like, um, I was, like, I was more depressed than my friend was. My friend was just, my teammate was just kind of, like, you know, yeah. helping me out a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I was just, like, I was gassed because, like, soccer was my thing, right? Soccer was my sport. Um, so that was like a huge, that was like a huge, one of the big failures I feel like is because yeah. like you, you know, you get hyped up and then you get beat by this like yeah. small Catholic school, yeah. <laughs> right? That, um, um, that everybody doesn't like, but anyway, <laughs> um, so like from, from that failure, like what was the thing you took from it that helped? possibly motivate you not only for like next season but something you took that was like a, a life lesson for you uh, I think it was I as cliche as it sounds it's you know it's that you can no matter how like no matter how good you are um, like you have you you always have the chance to, to yeah. lose I guess um, that sounds really cliche. I'm trying to think if there's like a deeper, more philosophical. No, you don't have to feel man. Just, just shoot the shit with it. Man. That's uh, I think it was just more humbling. Yeah. Like, in my life, I have been humbled continuously. Yeah. And so I am not like a, I am not somebody who is going to brag. Yeah. That has never been me. Yeah. Uh, because like I have had way too many humbling experiences that if I ever like was, if I ever was that, like I got mm-hmm. humbled and I was yeah. like, oh. So, yeah, I think I think the biggest thing from that was just, I mean, it was diff- it was very difficult at first, um, and I think only in the season after is really I really um, learned from that failure. Yeah. Um, and it took like it took a coach to make that connection, right? Because like a lot of us like after that game we were, we just wanted to forget it. Yeah. Like it was just so it was like almost traumatic to us. You know, um, and still, like, I can still think back to like literally sitting on sitting on that bench and everybody leaving, and just like that was such a, a bad feeling. Um, but yeah, it took like you know our coach that following year to, to have us like we need to think like look at this and think about it like what happened, yeah. what you know what can you learn from that. Um, so yeah, I think it was just learning to 
again being humble never um, never thinking that you are like the, the pinnacle or the best or yeah. the uh, that you're invincible I guess yeah. um, I think that was the biggest the biggest thing I took from that so that that's something that um, jumps out I think like a I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot more. The other one that jumps out would be that's recent for me is like applying to, so like after my master's, applying to doctoral programs and not getting in anywhere. Yo, that's that's next level. Um, that's yeah. So that was that would be the other one that um, comes to my mind. Yeah. Um, and that one, like honestly, is still a struggle with. <clears throat> See, but like, I, I think failure is so important in order for like people to reach like their overall like goals and like what they want like like you talking about failures like we've all gone through like everybody's gone through failures and it's like a thing of like how you it's not a thing of like accepting it but it's how you react to once you have those failures yeah that like changes everything like that could change your whole like purpose and ideals in life like you could be somebody that has a failure that pops up and if you succumb to it then you'll never reach to where you need to reach which I think is crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like when you think when you think about it, and knowing what we know mm-hmm. from our fields, it seems crazy because you come to the realization that you know that failure is that is like you, is the step you have to take yeah. to it's like a, a chance to learn so that you can eventually achieve whatever that is. But I think it's like more so. I think it's more so accepting the failure because a lot of people don't accept failure when it arises. Like they just like they let it pop up and then it just deters them from everything. And like, yeah, okay. So I see. Like so, I, like, is, they have a failure and then they're like, yeah. "Well, that's not for me." Like, yeah, they I just succumb instead yeah. of like accepting it and oh, like, yeah. learning from it. Like oh yeah, like me personally. So I don't think I ever told you this. But, um, so when I was getting ready for college, uh, I got offered by like New Mexico State. They came in the weight room, they gave me an offer, boom, everything's great, everything sounds cool. This is like you were on a visit there? I didn't even go on a visit, they came to like our high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So like, they gave me the offer, everything was cool, like I'm excited, I'm talking to my dad, like dude, I'm going to college for free, it's gonna be so sick. And then next thing you know, they call me like a few weeks later and like, yo, we're taking the offer back and we're giving it to a dude from JUCO. Like he's bigger, he can go now. And he's bigger? He was I was like two forty. I was like I was oh, a skinny okay. kid. That's well. what they actually said. Yeah, I was a little pumped. Yeah, he was bigger. That's but, probably like, common in football. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just a little bit. But the thing is, like if I would have succumbed to that failure then I would have never gotten to the point to where, I, like, I made it to the college that I made it to and everything else. And, like, I think it's crazy how you figure out motivation once you have that failure because, like I said, either you can just succumb to it or you can accept it and grow. And, like... So, so in that moment, how did you respond? So, in the moment, I was pissed, but I'm a music guy. So, I heard this song from Kendrick Lamar. It's called Ignorance is Bliss. And he uses this line, and he was like, I remember me, he said, I remember being 17, 
wishing someone would sign me. Now the only way these labels will get me back is when they rewind me. And like legit, I took that to heart. I was like, if they're going to go about doing this this way and taking away my offer, I'm going to make sure that any film or anything that I'm on, they're going to regret not signing me. And all they're going to be able to do in order to have me is looking at a film on tape. And I mean, I just apply it to your life. Like it's that whole concept of like, you can either accept it and like learn from it or you can succumb and just drop. And if I would have succumbed to it, I would have never realized like, I would have never gotten to like this far in my life as far as purpose that I wanted to get to now. Like overarching, like I know where I want to get to and it's based off the experiences that I had then and me not succumbing to failure then. Yeah. So in that instance, it sounds like you had a an effective response a yeah a good response yeah to failure yeah but yeah. it's just weird how it plays out yeah because I think I could see like I'm sure there's there's athletes out there that after that first offer and or even like if they're not even if they get an offer but like if you get like invited yeah. on a visit or something yeah or, and then it doesn't pan out yeah I think that's where like a lot of people will be like oh well it's not for me then yeah. like they didn't want me so college whatever is not for me um yeah see but i feel like that like so i feel like that's applicable in so many areas because the same way of like you not getting that scholarship is the same as that person not getting that not on the doctoral program or that person that studied for so many years to get this one job and they don't get that job or like somebody who wanted to be uh, a musical like artist, but it doesn't get received well. And if they succumb to it, then then they'll never they'll never reach the purpose and like what they felt they were destined to do. Absolutely. And I think that I think it's crazy. Like personally, I just think it's crazy. Yeah, I. I uh... Again, it's we have a a, a special view because yeah. we we've learned about it. But um, I think what ha- what can happen is people will encounter like so many failures. Like maybe it's not the first one, but like by the second or third, yeah. then they're like, okay, like maybe this isn't for me. Maybe this is not my purpose. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's maybe it's gonna take that fifth or sixth failure yeah. to ultimately get you to where you want to be, right? Yeah. So it's interesting. This thing's wild. I don't know. I'm a nerd about this. Like that's kind of the whole reason why I wanted to do it on purpose, just because I feel like it, it's not like it's well, it's very subjective, like depending on the person. What is? Like, like what purpose means and what uh, it is to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's crazy how so many things go into play for somebody to reach that purpose that they set for themselves. And I think it's crazy how so many people in life where they set a goal or they have a specific purpose that they think, like, this is this is my North Star, I have to get here. But not a lot of people end up making it to that. So a big thank you again to Kevin for being on the podcast. Really appreciated having you on. Uh, for all the for all the listeners out there, thank you for your time. I hope you all learned something awesome today. 
Can't wait to have you on next week. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me at all, you can reach out to me on my Instagram handle, uh, which will be in the description below. Uh, but other than that, see you all next week. Thank you for your time, and hey, always chase your purpose.